Welcome to this latest episode of the Friends of Sanctuary podcast. I'm Marianne Bartels, Chief Investment Strategist of Sanctuary Wealth. Today, I am pleased to welcome our guest, Jim Cullen, who is Chairman and CEO of Schaefer Cullen Capital Management. Jim is the author of The Case for Long-Term Value Investing, a guide to the data and strategies that drive stock market success. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank Thank you you so much for joining today. We have a lot to talk about. I do want to show our viewers, this is your book, The Case for Long-Term Value Investing. Which matches my tie, by the way. You you totally match, totally. (laughs) I love the color. You can't miss it on the shelf. And we'll be going to be talking a lot about what you wrote in your book today. So you've been on Wall Street 60 years plus? Just about, yeah, yeah. Can you tell our viewers a little bit what got you interested in investing? How did you wind up on Wall Street? I started off in the Navy uh, on an aircraft carrier for four years, and I was managing a small amount of money, which I had done from college. And um, it was easy time for the market. Everything just went up. I said, this is fun. Um, so when I got out of the Navy and went to Wall Street, Merrill Lynch was just starting to hire um, guys like me, and I was a millennial. I didn't know anything. So you were in your twenties. Uh, twenties. I was around twenty-three, twenty-four, and they had an investment uh, uh, class, which went for about six months or nine months. I went through that and started off with. A new, they had a new office down right alongside the New York Stock Exchange. Well, it was a bonanza time. So what time? Was, what period are we talking about? This is nineteen sixties. Okay. Sixty-five, and then by nineteen sixty-eight. I mean, it was really heated up. The conglomerates, which were a new investment vehicle, which were lever- based on leverage, Golf and Western and Stock Litton Industries, what have you. The top trading stocks every day were that. Small cap stocks were the most popular. There was a guy named Charlie Plone, and he was doing two new issues every single day. The small, crappy little companies that were never worth anything, but the speculation was unbelievable. So in our office, um, we had about 20 brokers in the office, but it was so popular, every day at noontime, the thing was packed. And people were standing in line to open new accounts. Wow. And uh, so it was really, you know, unbelievable. Brokerage firms were o- opening offices all over the country on Main Street. And so it was just, you know, boom time. A little bit what we've seen throughout history in different times. And uh, Wall Street, there's no moderation. It's either one extreme or the other. And this was the one extreme I thought was the only extreme. And uh, actually, in 1968, the uh, New York Times did a study, an article on the front page, pointing out how the market approaches a thousand for the first time. And so, it was myself and two other guys in our office were, um, you know, were on the photograph on this article, you know, dial a thousand. And uh, little do we know that didn't go through a thousand then. Not only that. But it didn't go there for the next 14 years, 15 years. So you started your <laughs> career in a bull market. In a bull market. And then you were faced with, I Reality. guess, a, a, well, a bear market. <laughs> a bear, you entered a bear market. Yeah, 1968, the market rolled over. It was the worst bear market since 1929. Uh, then you had, but then you recovered. All these conglomerates went out of business. Charlie Plum went out of business. Uh, all the speculators were wiped out. Uh, the margin accounts were all wiped out. And... Uh, so we thought that was the end, but the market rallied, and uh, the 
you know, the institutional firms like Morgan Morgan Guarantee were at that time saying, well, listen, those guys were speculators, traders. There's a real market. The real market is high-quality companies, IBM, Xerox, uh, Eastman Kodak, and stocks like that. You can buy those, and uh, that's investing. So they started buying those stocks. So the market recovered in the 70s. So that was the Nifty 50. That was the, that was the beginning of the Nifty 50. And then I went over from Merrill Lynch to a firm called Spencer Trask, which was one of the leading institutional firms at the time. And I was working with the hedge funds and what have you. And it was, we were doing research reports, which were about 60 pages with this fancy blue stationery and uh, recommending all these stocks. And uh, the, uh, so we had the, our research director there at that firm, top research person on the street, came out and said, you know, these are stocks, which you'd call deserted island stocks. You'd go on a deserted island and come back two or three years later the prices are always going to be higher. So it doesn't matter what you pay for them today because their potential is so phenomenal. So value didn't matter. Uh, not at all. The potential is so phenomenal that these things are going to be worth you know, a lot more than you paid when you come back. Turns out he was wrong. <laughs> Five years later, these things were down 50%. And uh, actually, that was the beginning of 75. So we, we talked about 68 to 75, and the market made new lows. Um, a lot of the broker firms are going out of business. All those, all, all those offices on Main Street were being shut down. Our office on Wall Street was merged with another office and consolidated. And uh, so Wall Street was a ghost town. So you, that's the pendulum 75. that you were talking about. When the times are good, they're really yeah. good. But when they get bad, it's really bad. It was a ghost town. And uh, so I knew this institutional thing, of the, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the high, high growth stocks, wasn't working. And uh, did they call them growth stocks back then? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, so I hooked up with Dave Dreamin, which some of your people will know Dave Dreamin. He and I hooked up and we started our own little firm and uh, focusing on value, PE, discipline. And we got the idea from two things. One, Ben Graham gave a speech in uh, 1975 also. And he said, you know, you basically, you could probably forget my books, all the stuff I wrote. He says, because there's so many people doing work on the stocks today. There's like every stock is being followed by 30, 40 analysts. So he says, it's hard to get an edge. He says, so I've been fooling with something later, more recently, which I think makes all the sense in the world, which is a strategy I would recommend. And that was two things. One, he says, buy stocks with a discipline, low PE, low price to book and dividend yield. And, uh, you know, and then be a long-term investor. 75, you know, there's no interest on, on Wall Street anymore. Value was dead. Well, value was never an issue to begin with. And uh, we tried to re get excited, but uh, there's no interest in stocks much for the whole next, you know, five, 10 years. Um, and, um, but all those, you know, growth stocks eventually you know, just rolled over. Sort of interesting, you go back and look at IBM, peaked in 1973 at a certain level, became value stock 10 years later. It went down to 10 times earnings and a 4% dividend yield. So it took that long, even though business for IBM was good. Uh, we had done work on RCA back in the 30s. Same thing. It went up, skyrocketed, came down, was dead forever, even though everybody was buying radios. Because what happens? The competition comes in. And um, so, the, you know, so history you know, was repeating itself. And um, so anyway, we wrote the book. We're writing a book for two things. We're writing 
the vol we started the, in the book we said we can talk about the investment strategy but we said you know the problem is the volatility is so extreme that if someone doesn't understand that before you look at the strategy you know you're going to be you're not going to be distracted so this is the book the case for long term value investing right. now why did you write it what motivated two you? things one they started off because value had been out of favor so he said well, listen value has a great history and uh over any kind of market and people should be looking at it but people are distracted by headline news and uh so he wanted to get it out in writing and uh at the same time i said you know the average investor is at a huge disadvantage the temptation to buy when things are hot and sell when things are cold is going to work against them there's a lot of emotion in the market not only by the individual institutions as well so you know that brings us to all this chaos when i have the value strategy itself so then we get in the when the book we said okay you know the thing is volatile extremely volatile and one thing i'll mention um during that period of 15 year period where the market did nothing the dow was flat didn't couldn't get through 1000 the same time we didn't know it at the time but you go back and look the bottom 20% of stocks on a pe basis over that same time period went up 1000% Wow, I ne- I've never heard that before. I mean, it's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> that didn't get a lot of headlines. I mean, so why did that happen? Well, even though the market was flat, the Dow's been flat. Um, earnings are inching up. Dividends are going up. And, you know, I think earnings over that time maybe appreciated 200%. So, you know, earnings are going up and the market finally, you know, started realizing it, but much later. But in the beginning, the multiples are contracting over that whole time period and the market still looked expensive and uh so that tells you also that even the most ex- extended markets underneath you have companies that do everything in their power to grow the earnings and grow the dividends and if it pays to focus on that so talk about dividends and the importance of the total return in a in in the the portfolio over time right now we talk about most of our clients are in a high dividend strategy we're focusing on pe we're focusing on dividend yield and dividend growth when we started off it was just we were focusing on when dream and I were working together we just focused on low pe and uh what happened actually in 1990 um we were you're we overwhelmed by value stock by uh financial stocks and so 1990 value which always gives you protection when the market goes down uh the value stocks went down more than the market you also had the SNL crisis in the early 90s yeah and uh the value didn't perform like it should
Thank you for watching or listening to the Friends of Sanctuary podcast. Tune in next month to be sure not to miss out on the next installment of the series. Securities offered through Sanctuary Securities, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Sanctuary Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Sanctuary Securities, Inc. and Sanctuary Advisors, LLC are wholly owned subsidiaries of Sanctuary Wealth Group, LLC. This podcast is for general and informational purposes only and not intended to constitute investment advice. Any stocks mentioned were to discuss market trends and our recommendations to buy or sell any security. The opinions and views constitute our judgments as of the date of production and subject to change at any time. All investing is subject to market risk including loss of principle and not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results, and there is no guarantee any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.